Previously on Out of the Main. And now he hates it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I discovered that I loved it even more than I ever thought I could. No, thank you. <laughs> Ambrosia are like family. I can't remember if it was Chicken or the Egg. Well, that was my Terminator movie. I had three songs in that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a moment when you go to yourself, this is good, or I'm right. wasting my time. Most people are better than me. I bet well, Clapton says that too. Clapton says, well, you know, there's people better than me. He does. Yeah. There's, there's actually better podcasters out there than John. But No, there isn't. Well, that was quite the recap they put together there. <laughs> it sounds like we had a lot of fun, didn't it? Yeah, sure did. Uh, that's what happens when you do little highlights. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm glad the production team was able to cobble that together quickly yeah. in a week. Yeah, they're yeah. solid. We have a solid production team behind the scenes. Yes, yes. And in front of the scenes. So yep. welcome back, everyone, to Out of the Main, Yacht Rock Podcast. We are in part two of our conversation with Peter Beckett, the voice of player. Uh, in part one, if you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen to that because that was a humdinger, wouldn't you say, John? It was. It was a um, kind of we, – we talked about doing a player focus at – Kind of uh, turned into a little bit of almost a hyper focus on baby come back. Yeah, it's we really true. Analyze parts of that, which I'm fine with, as you know. I am too. I am too. I've been advocating for player artist focus for I don't know months now, three four but months. I'm glad it worked out the way it did because how better to do it than with the man himself? Yep, we got all Peter. the inside inside scoop on that, and we also have some inside scoop on uh, you know some post player work, don't we? And some pre player work too. Don't forget the very end. Oh, that, yeah. The cliffhanger. Yes, yes. Well, maybe we should get back into where we left off with Peter. What do you think? Yeah, so we uh, kind of talked through player, focused on a couple of their biggest singles, uh, this time A Minute for Love, and of course, as we said, Baby Come Back. And uh, we moved through the 80s because we talked about uh, the Spies of Life album. And so now we're getting into the later 80s, and player is not so much a thing anymore. So the question is, what's next, right? Yeah, and not many knew that what was next, at least I didn't even know going into this, that he joined permanently, or I mean, I should say full-time, the band The Little River Band, right? Yeah. Now, if we, we've always wanted an excuse to bring more uh, Little River Band into the <laughs> yeah. yacht. So there's another connection, right? Personnel helps. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we asked Peter about it, and uh, we'll let him take it from here, and we'll get back into part two of our episode with Peter Beckett, the voice of player. Before we do, I quickly just want to clean up a couple of things uh, that we had in error last week, a couple small things. One, we mentioned the uh, movie Frankie and Johnny, and somehow mm -hmm. we said... Frankie and June. Mm, so it was yes. Frankie and Johnny with Al Pacino and Michelle Pfeiffer uh, that had the song Until You Let Go, which we used in the lightning round. And then the other was that uh, I think we said that Peter was in Little River Band for maybe six years or so. Uh, I think we were just kind of, we knew it was longer than just the one tour, one album kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but we didn't actually do the math. Turns out it was about eight to nine years. So with all of that cleaned up, we're ready to go. Well, Strangely enough, as I told you before you started recording, I hadn't heard from Glenn Shurek, you know, who hasn't been in the band forever, but he was the original guy and he wrote the hits and sang them. And um, I haven't talked to him for God since 95 or something. And he emailed me yesterday and uh, we're going to have a conversation about several things in the next couple of days. Mm -hmm. um, the way that happened was, 
uh, I was in the middle of my film and TV stuff. I was having a really good run, a whole bunch of movies. And uh, I actually got to the stage where, you know, I, I wasn't part of the cattle call. They'd send me a tape. I would write a song, send it back. And nine out of 10 songs would get in, you know, so, so I actually had it good. And wow. then my manager had been managing Little Riverbend as well, including Glenn Shorrock still. They had a, two or three original members still at the time. And um, he said, we've got this Get Lucky album coming out. And Graham Goble has left the band and we're shooting a video at this place in Agora, like in two days. Do you want to stand in for Graham Goble? And I said, sure, whatever, you know, took my guitar and I went and I just learned the song, stood in on the video. And then like a couple of days later, I got this call and they said, we're starting a tour of Australia and New Zealand. And do you want to do the tour? And I really had to think about it, you know, because I, that's, I haven't played for, for ages, you know, ages. And I was fighting it. And then I started to get a little excited. <laughs> again, you know. And then I went and dug up my black leather pants and thought, eh. and then I put them on and thought, no, no. Can't fit, can't fit. put a you slice can buy new in the back. Out. There you go. I put a slice in the back, still didn't fit. <laughs> but I ended up going and I, you know, oh I did the tour and I had the time of my life and, uh, and I ended up staying in the band. Like I toured with them every year for like, Eight years or something. Wow. I think one of the highlights from that album is uh, Every Time I Turn Around, which you wrote with Dennis, right? Yes, yeah. Right, yeah. I really like that. Yeah. It's, I think it's on my solo album. I can't, can't oh, did you? Okay. Cool. And Glenn sang it, you know. On, yeah. On Get Lucky. Well, it's a good uh, album, actually. You know, uh, Tom, one, one of the things that Tom likes to bring to the podcast, I'm going to, this is a left turn here, but uh, <laughs> I got to do it. Tom, Tom loves to put stuff into the the sort of the cultural, the social cultural aspect of things. And Tom, did you know that uh, that Peter did a, uh, a ever so brief, but he did a stint on General Hospital? Wait, what? <laughs> no way. <laughs> In 2014? Now he's saying uh, he's saying baby come back at the uh, General Hospital nurses ball. Did you not? Nurses ball. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. We used to watch General Hospital religiously back in the eighties. So like you know Rick Springfield was on and yeah Jack, Jack Wagner. Wagner. Talk about cultural yeah. impact. Yeah. Well, I didn't know nurses had balls, but I went on and did it anyway. You know. <laughs> and saying baby come awesome. back. I yes, mean, I did. Oh my gosh. Well, as long as we're talking about silly things, let's talk about Brady come back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good story, actually. That's I was right. sitting at home and I, I got this phone call again, you know, yeah. and it was this guy and he worked for uh, Cullen. Coward. Yep. Yeah, I watched yeah, Cullen yeah. uh, yep, watch all the time. Yeah. Yep. And he says, my wife nearly killed me for this. He, <laughs> he said, uh, I've got the, I'm, this happens all the time. I've got other stories about people who wanted to redo Baby Come Back. And uh, he, he said, you know. Tom Brady, you know, Belichick and everything. And he said, we'd like to do a version of Baby Come Back. <laughs> he said, I've written the words. Do you have a little backtrack you can do? And I said, I got something, you know. And he said, and will you sing it? And uh, he, he did it. I sang it, you know. And then the show came on. <laughs> and it was great. The guy, the cowhead's going, you know, this is the... The great Peter Beck. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. He was stupid, you know. 
And then this little tiny recording came and it's like, Brady, come back, you know, <laughs> and you've got to see it. You can, you can pull it up on YouTube. It, it's actually pretty funny. Oh my God. Brady, come back. Even Belichick could see. There was something in everything about you. But then the best part of it was, you know, I never got paid or anything, you know, I just did it. And a couple of weeks later, the, the guy calls me and he says, you know, we really appreciate you doing that. And he said, uh, I'll get you some tickets for something down the line, some really good tickets. And I said, oh, whatever, you know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And uh, months went by and the phone rings. And he says, you know, I've got a couple, couple four, I've got four tickets for the Dodgers and it's like in the playoffs and I love the Dodgers, you know, I've, I've lived in LA most of, most of my life, more than England actually. And uh, he, he said four tickets and do you want to go during the playoffs? And I went, eh, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of doing stuff, you know, and my wife heard me and she came, <laughs> I think she might've thrown a piece of cheese at me. I don't remember. <laughs> and she said, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? So, we took him and we went to the game and we were literally our two boys who were at the time, maybe like 12, 11 and 12 or something. And the four of us are sitting right behind the batter, like second oh, wow. row behind the batter in the Lexus club. I don't know if you know what the Lexus club no. is. It's just ridiculous. It's this big club where all the rich people go, you know, and they have like about, it's a huge room with like all the food you can think of, like 40 food stands with everything, all the champagne, wine you can drink. And they'll even serve you in your seat if you order. Oh, they bring yeah. it out and serve you. And it was just so great. And my boys were just crazed. They, they actually ate, one of the boys got sick. I think he ate tw 20 free Dodger dogs. <laughs> and, and they both stole... <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. The game, they had little backpacks and they went and they, they like took 20 Dodger dogs. Dodger home. dogs. And the fridge was like slammed with Dodger dogs, you know. But it turned out to be a great night that I almost, almost let go, you know. Oh, man. The great photographs of it. Oh, did the Dodgers win? I think they did that night. Okay. <laughs> I think they did. They probably had to make a comeback, right? <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. Oh, bad jokes. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> they, they did win a couple, you know. They do yeah. win once in a while. Yes. Well, it's more than we can say for our beloved Detroit Tigers. Um, well, or, or Lions. Well, now we've got the, uh, well, we, you know, we're watching football now, but now we've got the Seahawks who are not doing great, which I live there now. Yeah. But we still watch the Rams because I'll always love the Rams. And they're not doing that great either, you know. So, yeah. It's because you have an ex-Detroit Lion as your quarterback now. We yeah. know what that's like. Kiss of death. Yeah. <laughs> Kiss of death. Well, let's uh, get the sports podcast back out to uh, Yacht Rock there real quick. Um, we wanted to talk to you just briefly about just this term, this culture of Yacht Rock that you seem to have really embraced. Some artists do not necessarily. I think some still think of it as the the artists are becoming part of the joke or were the butt of the joke. Um, but 
here's well, I'll let you elaborate, but here's proof that you have uh, kind of embraced this whole culture. You've got a whole line of wines out called Yacht Rock Wines, correct? Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people I know, I'm not going to mention any names, but like lead singers and famous people didn't like it. They, they felt like it was an insult. They were being made fun of. But I had gone and done, before we did that Christopher Cross tour, the first Christopher Cross tour with all the Yacht Rock artists on 12 years ago, I had played with the Yacht Rock Review. So I understood what was, I'd seen what was going on. And it was great. And suddenly, you know, more airplay, more gigs, everything. I, I'm not going to turn that down, you know. And uh, I'm not going to lie, you know, it worked out great for me. Yeah. And so I didn't understand why these guys are being so fussy about it. And it's changing now, to tell you. Now those people that I'm thinking of right now are changing their mind and they're trying to get on these tours. And that's the truth. Yeah, and I... I- I can see, I mean, before our very eyes, John, we joined the Facebook group a year and a half ago. There were 5,000 members, maybe. Um, I have no idea what it was like before we got into it. But ever since then, we see it more as, John, you mentioned it's like a religious movement. But it's this, it's a celebration. To us, we care most about the music as podcasters. That's all we care about. Well, that's the thing. We felt like we were getting... We felt like we were getting some brush back too, to a certain degree, until people over time figured out, oh, they're really appreciating and digging in and analyzing yeah. the music. They're not just like perpetuating the shtick. We're into the music, you know? Yeah, it's good. And um, how much would we like Yacht Rock Wines? Let's talk about that. Yes. Tell us. Well, somewhere along the way, after a few years of doing these tours, which, you know, before the pandemic, we did every year, the, the bigger tours with more artists, you know. Ambrosia would be the backup group, or uh, sometimes it was Orleans. Um, great show. Every song a hit, you know, for, for an hour and a half. Great value for money. And somewhere along the line, we were trying to get into wine anyway, because I do like wine. My wife likes wine, good wine. And uh, I can't remember when it actually hit us, but we said, Yacht Wines. Ooh, there's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And we applied for the uh, license and we got it. We registered the trademark. We got it. And uh, it's taken us, it's, it's not that easy. It's taken us, you know, a couple of years to get the thing rolling, but it's actually rolling now. And the whole idea of Yacht Rock Wines is we're going to have basic wines, but um, we're going to have an artist series. It's a great idea. Let me try to get this across. Example, Al Stewart is a real good friend of mine. He came up and stayed with me here just couple of months ago and uh, he's a good friend and we want to have an artist series people have done this before but our idea was to in, in as many cases as possible to use the original label would be the label would be the original album cover so Ooh, yeah in al's case if you could license it have yeah. a fine cabernet and it would be his album cover and it would say year of the cab oh nice <laughs> Perfect. And then we're trying to get Michael McDonald involved, you know, and it would be like, what a fool believe Zin or Zinfandel. <laughs> so this, these are my ideas. You know, we're just trying to have this sticky thing. Yeah. But, um, but fine wines, that artist, artist collection would be fine wines and the artists would be involved in profits and that kind of thing, you know. And we're actually, I have, what we have out now is Baby Come Back Bubbly. And it's really good. We, we t- it took us a year and a half to find the right stuff 
We have a Grenache Rosé and a Blanc de Noir and two of them. And they're really, really good. Great taste, great buzz. They're, they're method champagne was. So it's real champagne. You can't call it that because it's not from France, but it is method champagne was. It's made in that fashion with the machinery and everything. So it's really good stuff. And we have the Captain's Red about to come out, which, you know, I'll send you guys. Wow. You know, which should be ready in a maybe a month or something. And then I'm talking to Glenn Shore. I don't want to go into too much detail, but we're gonna have uh, maybe a cool change. I'm not, but, ah, oh, cool, yeah. cool, cool, yeah. cool. So that's the whole we're, idea. We're trying to and, think of what the proper pun might be there. I was thinking like lonesome lose, lonesome rose or something. I don't know, but uh, I, I, you, you got to have what, a pun, yeah. With a song like Cool yeah. Change, you don't need one. It's, that's true. Yeah, that's think true. About so it. let let Peter be the idea guy. Yeah, here. I know, I know. <laughs> Yachtrockwines.com is the website for, yes. for people that want to learn more. It's pretty easy to find yachtrockwines.com. Yep. And then uh, what's next for you, Peter? Peter, this feels like to me anyway, as an innocent bystander, like this is the new beginning of something new for you and some of these other Yacht Rock artists. What What's on the horizon? What can we expect? What are you looking forward to? Well, along with that album I told you about that I was, you know, I had released and had to pull back. Um, that, that'll be a solo album, but I had a country album and I, I call my band, the Limey Cowboys, and it was all going to be English guys, you know, with the cowboy hats. Yeah. <laughs> and it was going to be like, no threat to Nashville, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Limey Cowboys, no threat to Nashville. There's your album title right there. And I wrote a song called <laughs> Baby Don't Come Back, which I'll <laughs> oh, send wow. to you. Please it's do. Oh. It's wow. a boot scooting, kick-ass nice. country song. Not new. I wrote it, you know, when I was doing this project. Which yeah. God, five, six years ago now. And um, that hasn't been released. That That's going to that's gonna come forward too. So I'm going to finish that. I'm going to finish the country thing. I'm going to finish the solo thing. I haven't had any, with the pandemic and no gigs and the song, I've had no muse, you know? Yeah. I was moving and I moved out of state and the whole thing, but get my studio set up now and I'm, I'm on it. Thanks. So exciting. Stuff, Very stuff exciting. Done. Good. Well, we can't wait to hear more. That's for sure. Oh, um, send it to you. Yes. Send us to us. Send us that country tune and uh, yeah. pl- play that. And I don't suppose there's anything from the Peter Beckett solo album, the new one that you could share with us. Is there or is there? there there's some good songs. There's some really good songs. It was out for about a so, month. Send us what we can play. Well, John, anything else we missed before we... Uh, Man, I... I... I've kind of exhausted myself. This was a, this was really an exciting interview. There's some great stories there. What I'd like to do is go song by song through your catalog, and you tell yeah. me, Peter, did you or did you not play guitar on this? All right, we'll start at the very beginning. <laughs> very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but whoever the guitar player is, and I know a lot of it was you, Peter. It's really good stuff. Um, I hear like the versatility of Steve Lukather with you know. Um, Dude, you're you're totally outclassing me there. Yeah, I know Luke <laughs> Third. <laughs> I'm not in that. I am nowhere near that. You don't have to be in his class to still be versatile like he is. So, anyways, it's I right. will stop heaping praise on you. Uh, but I'll continue to do it as soon as we hang up, um, as John can attest yeah. to. So <laughs> he can't stop you then. <laughs> I know you can't stop me. Cool, Peter. Well, thank you so much. If people want to know more about your tour and your music, where do they go? Peter Beckett's player. Um, PeterBeckett-Player.com, cool. Right, great. And Facebook. 
of course. Okay. Yep. Anything player you put in, you know, Peter Beckett player. Yeah, Peter Beckett, the voice of player. But the band, when I go out now with my band, it's Peter Beckett's player. It right. has to be that legally. Right. And um, but mostly when I go out with Ambrosia or Orleans or whatever, it's uh, Peter Beckett, the voice of player. And that's what I've been doing. I've just been going by myself, you know, and I like it that way. It's great. Mm-hmm. Cool. So do we. Yep. All right. Well, thank you once again, and uh, we'll have you on again if you ever want to come back. And when the new album's out, the new tour's going, we'll have you right back on. I can't believe you didn't ask me about the Beatles. Well, <laughs> now we have to. Now, who who is this Beatles you're referring to? Yeah, we've never oh, heard of them. They're well, not when I, was a, when I was a young kid in, in <laughs> Liverpool, like 14, not Yachty, that's true, but some of it is. But... Uh, I, I had a, a friend who, who whose dad knew the bouncer on the cavern. There's a back end to this too. And um, I was just in town and, and this kid said to me, you know, there's this band, the Beatles. And my brother was older than me and, and he always knew what was going on with the Beatles. They'd just come back from Ham- Hamburg. They just changed to Ringo from Pete Best. They had all the black leather on, the hair comb forward. And um, my brother was aware of all this, but I was a kid, I was 14. and this friend of mine said, I can get us in. They're doing a lunchtime session for the office workers at the cabin. And so I was in town anyway. And, you know, he walked me up Matthew street, the cobbled stones, you know, and this loud music, you know, crazy loud music. I mean, I was still playing in my front room with a little amplifier, you know, little tiny 10 watt amplifier. And um, I went down, the bouncer allowed us in. He said, you're too young to be in here. So just go down the steps be out of there in a couple of minutes, you know. And I walk down and there's this stench. I mean, like, you know, smoke, pee, food, just just yeah. everything. It was like sweat, like crowded to the gills. These three rows of uh, brick warehouse tunnels with the stage at the end. And there's this band and they're playing some other guy. And it's like the loudest thing I'd ever heard in my life. At the time, you know, yeah, and it was the Beatles. Wow. And that changed my life. To be honest with you, that was it for me. I got in again a second time. It was a much quicker episode, but I ended up playing at the cavern a few years later with all my bands that I was in in Liverpool, you know. And um, just to finish that story, if you're even interested, I took my wife back to Liverpool last year and I took her down to the cavern and we're at the door to the cellar. And the bouncer says, that'll be 30, 30 pounds. So, you know, <laughs> what? 30 pounds, $60. You know, my yeah. husband used to play here all the time. And the bouncer goes, oh, yeah, what's his name? And she said, Peter Beckett. You know, he's just like in a band player. And, and they go, oh, God, you can come in, you know. <laughs> and, and, and so we're talking. And we go down and we wanted to shoot a little thing on camera. So I'm sitting by the stage. My wife shoot at him saying, this is where I play, like, you know, yeah. so many times. And um, then we're, on the way out, we're talking to the bouncer. And I, I I said, you know, there was a guy when I was a kid, a bouncer, who let me in here for a few minutes and it changed my life. And he said, was it that guy? And he points and in the door, the old doorway, which is not, not the doorway now, the old doorway, which is, you know, sealed up, there's a full-size photograph of this bouncer from the time, oh, wow. the suit and tie, 
you know, broken nose, yeah. hard ass, dark yeah. guy, you know, and he's leaning there against the thing. And I said, that's the guy. And the guy who was on the door said, that's my dad. My dad. Oh, my Whoa. gosh. And I've got a video of this. And I'm like, with big hugs, you know, and everything. I was like, I can't believe oh, this. Man. This is like full circle, you know. Amazing. Oh, my God. Amazing. chills. That's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. And to think it all started with that stench that you experienced. Well, there was a thing about the caps. <laughs> there was there was no air conditioning. You know, there was no way to let it out. And tons of people, hot, you know, and the toilets were always leaking in the back. And you knew you wanted and that for the rest of your life. Yeah, I right. can't tell you how how great the atmosphere was. Ridiculous. Wow. Crazy. Stinky and great, you know. <laughs> Oh That's my what gosh. people say about the podcast. Uh, so <laughs> half of that. <laughs> well, I'm glad we hung on for that story because that's an amazing story. So it awesome. always works out that way. It's always the last story that's good. Yeah, last. Well, story. I got more. You have oh, to buy my book. Ooh, oh, okay. you have a book out. All right. Well. No, it's it's not out. I've been working on it for 20 years. It's almost done. I'm just waiting for a good ending. It, it's actually mostly about the old Liverpool days. But it'll it's it's pretty funny. All right. Well, that's cool. when we'll have you back on. When that comes Maybe. out, we're going to talk about that. That sounds cool. Cool. Yep. So right. I'm resisting every word, every urge I have to say, "Baby, come back sometime." But um, we will have to <laughs> leave it there before I do. So, Peter, once again, thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to seeing many more great things from Peter Beckett's player. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. Well, I would say part two was worth the wait. How about you? Yes, and he did promise to come back. Yeah, well, and yeah, when you do that, we record it. We, it's a legally binding contract. Well, let's uh, let's dive into our lightning round. I've got some more Peter Beckett material, and I know you do too. Imagine so. that, yeah. Without further ado, hit the sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it never gets old. All right, well. We have, uh, let's start with, uh, I start, I went first last time, so I'm going to let you go first okay. th- this time. All right. What do you got uh, for Does It Float Your Boat? Well, mine sort of tie in to um, when, when Peter was talking about some of the touring he did, some of the Yacht Rock tour stuff, the different people that he played with. And I kind of had this song sort of sitting on the slow burn in my sort of float your boat uh, cache of uh, songs I was going to ask you about. And he mentioned that they, one of the guys on tour, when he was playing with Yacht Rock Review, and uh, Walter Egan of the yeah. uh, Magnet and Steel fame. So he mentioned playing with Walter. So I want to ask you about that one. But before I do, I want to present the pros and cons. We'll play a little bit of it, and then I want to get your response. So 1978, it's a Pro. very clean and very present recording. It's got the female backups, very rich harmonies. There's a male falsetto in there. Uh, there's definitely palm mutes carrying mm-hmm. a guitar, carrying the verses, but they are sort of arpeggiated, ding, 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 ding like you would like an old 50s song. Yep. Um, it's got some sort of either glockenspiel or toy piano or celeste or something adding some gloss to the choruses. So I think that's probably a, a, a con. That's probably against. Another con is that it's a 6-8 a feel which is mm-hmm. not typically a yacht feel. And then there's this sort of tremolo, countryish, clean guitar solo sound. So those would be the knocks against it. And it really doesn't have a lot of sophisticated harmony and chords. But it's one of those songs that sounds unlike anything else. And it sort of stands alone. And sometimes those things with the nostalgia, 
at least they fit in a Yacht Rock playlist, whether they're technically Yacht Rock or not. So I'm going to hit a little bit of that, and then we'll come back and get your response. Well, I'll give you a con. I put this song in the general category of the Yacht Rock Sirius XM channel list of cons. In other words, this is a song that they've conned people into thinking was Yacht Rock, which really wasn't if you go by the technical term. I don't have the score in front of me, but I'm guessing they would not consider this to be Yacht Rock. I'm guessing you're probably right, yeah. So having said all of that, you're not asking that. You're asking, does it float my boat? And the answer to that is, yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So probably intellectually not Yacht Rock, uh, but I'll let others decide that. For me personally, yeah, it, because of all your pros, those outweigh the cons and the con itself. And the con. The con of the conners. Okay. Right. Uh, I agree you with you on all that. It's still in my list, and I recognize that my list is not, as you like to say, dogmatic. But mm-hmm. uh, it is Yacht Rock-centered, and uh, I, I play around the periphery, so th- that one's in there. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going back to player uh, for mine. Doesn't float your boat. 1980, the album, A Room with a View. Yep. Uh, just really, really grows on me the more I listen to it. So I'm just going to almost at random pick a tune that I heard the other day that I just was like, oh, it's good. Is it Yarrock? I don't know. I'll let John decide. Does this float your boat? <laughs> Who do you think you are? Well, this is a perfect example of just great West Coast AOR sound. And so many of the elements are close. The the recording era, the recording style, a lot of the nice harmonies and stuff. Uh, so it fits alongside, but I would not call that Yacht Rock at all. It would, to me, that... Do I like it? I love it. I, I love everything that they've done back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't see that as a float-your-boat kind of yachty thing yeah all right well floats my boat so i'm wrong no everyone's got their own opinion and i see doesn't matter if yours is right or wrong just that (laughs) mine's right yeah it is uh it floats my boat and it rocks my boat so again listen to the outro guitar work and And there it is yep all right well we're gonna do something a little unconventional and unorthodox uh for the remainder of this particular lightning round we're actually gonna play in my case for a buried treasure, a song that Peter referenced when we talked. And we're going to have the world premiere, as far as we know, yep. of this song. And we're going to play it in its entirety. Now, it's called Baby Don't Come Back. <laughs> yeah. It is not the thematic answer to Baby Come Back. Uh, and it's in a different genre. So it's a, a buried treasure, but it's in no way yachty. It's a cool little kind of country rocker. You heard it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's let the folks hear it. Here is... Peter Beckett, baby, don't come back. Baby, 
don't come back Some things are just meant to be And the good that found another road for me And I walked it till my soul's grew thin And I found another heart that let me Don't come back tell you, you would never, ever know that that was uh, Peter Beckett in terms of sound. Uh, And I mean that as a compliment that his ability to go into that country genre and everything about it fits. It doesn't sound like somebody uh, coloring outside their own lines. It just fits beautifully. His voice works perfectly with it. Yeah, it's killer. There's a section on, I can't remember what song on Spies of Life, and I think I maybe have mentioned it. Um, the guitar work, the solo work, and just the vibe in general sounds a little kind of country, more more like rocking type of uh, I don't know southern rock. And it's like you could you could hear a tinge of it back then. But that song is like you said, complete departure, but a good one. Anyway, what do you got for uh, buried treasures here? Well, I'm going to do a little bit of a change up than what we talked about before we started recording. And oh, uh, no, I'm not know, prepared. Well, Peter was kind enough to send us not one but two songs uh, that have not seen the light of day yet. They're intended for a future release. I mean, we talked to one point about his uh, country band, the Limey Cowboys, right? (laughs) And uh, (laughs) again, this sounds unlike anything you would expect from Peter Beckett. And that's what makes it so cool. And the, the thing I take away is how strong 
his voice still is. I mean, this was only a couple of years ago, but he's still moving from that gruff thing and he's able to then dial it back into the quieter thing. You don't notice it as much because of how compressed, uh, you know, modern recording is, but he goes from just full throaty rasp to very breathy, all within one phrase. He's got mm. amazing control still. So we're going to play another one of his uh, country barroom brawl monster <laughs> whatever. This one's called Wild Side.
Yeah, good. Well, we are like breaking ground and breaking news and world premiere this, world premiere that. Wow. wow. What a podcast. It is. It is really something. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Who'd have thought? If we do say so ourselves. <laughs> well, that, that's a good tune too, though. Like yeah. you said, there's a lot to that one. So that's so cool. We're hearing all this stuff like... Had we not done this, I don't know if I'd ever hear that song. No. So this is so well, cool. maybe. He, he, say, he says he's going to finish the album at some point. What do you say? He had like seven songs that were done in solid and a little more yep. to go. Yeah. And we know he's setting up a studio as we speak. So, yes, cool. yes, yes. Well, the ball is still in your court. So, uh, where are we going for off the map? Well, we're going to go to uh, another band that he referenced when he was doing the tour with the uh, Yacht Rock. Uh, review or uh, the Yacht Rock tour he did with uh, Christopher Cross and all that stuff. But he talked about, and I loved his pronunciation of Ambrosia. Mm, yes. Am- Ambrosia. And we say Ambrosia and he goes, Ambrosia. Love that. Well, this was from uh, 1980. So this is the 180 album. Beautiful bass line from Joe Puerta, who doesn't get enough credit sometimes. Um, brassy synth, lush harmonies, a lot of stuff that is in the area of Yacht Rock, but this song still has some of their prog rock influence still sneaking through. Um, but I'm going to play Ambrosia, Living on My Own. bit of a groove, not exactly a doobie bounce sort of, more like a Terrence Boylan sounding kind of groove, but love yeah. that. That's a good one, yeah. Mm, I'm surprised you beat me to the punch on an Ambrosia tune. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, I am going for my off the map to the year 1991. Ooh. Peter Beckett's solo record. Okay. So I will confess to you, to the listening audience, and to Peter Beckett himself, that I was a little wary of an album coming out in 1991. Uh, how yachty it would be. Well, it turns out that doesn't matter. No. Um, because I can't believe how much I enjoyed this album. His solo album, it's just Peter Beckett, I believe is the name of the album. Yeah, it's just Beckett. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to pick a song off here that the minute I heard it, I was like, whoa, I got to hear the rest of this record. So the sound is not yachty. I, I described it to you as Mr. Mr. meets Corey Hart. Oh, yeah. Meet, meets Bad Company. That's right. Of the era. Yep. So, uh, again, I was shocked. So I hear this song, then I hear the next. I'm like, this is dang good. So if you're a pure yacht rocker, then you might not dig this. But otherwise, and even so, I recommend you go check out the Beckett album. And here is probably my favorite off the record, Hanging by a Thread. Yeah, that's a great song. That, you know, it, it does. It sounds 1990, and he even talked about uh, how it was laced with too much reverb, right? Yeah, yes, yes. But, but you, he you're did, nailing that uh, Peter Beckett imitation. Yeah, I know. 
he's got the smoldering eyes on the cover of that one. <laughs> <laughs> he sure does. And, and he, he said, yeah, the really good songs out, and, and they are the really good songs. And you just have to sort of compartmentalize the sound that was indicative of that era, but really solid stuff. Good. Well, with that, we leave everyone with our Peter Beckett, the voice of player episode. Um, what a thrill and honor. It was so much fun too. You love it when these guys come on and they're just so like accessible and natural. And Peter was all of that. Yeah. Let's not forget about uh, Yacht Rock Wines because that was uh, that that's kind of a big thing they're doing right now. And that was one of the other things he said that was funny that kind of slipped by our radar when he said it. But when he was talking about the quality of the wine and he said, great taste Great buzz. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which is how you might describe a good Yacht Rock artist, too. Yeah, right? there you go. All right. Well, the one thing we neglected to do was to ask Peter if he knows how to sign off our podcast. So since you've been doing the Peter Beckett imitations with your you know spot-on yeah, yeah. British accent, let's have you do it, and then we'll just pretend that was Peter. Can you even say that with an English accent? Hmm. Ahoy, Palaoi. No, that's not good. Okay. Ahoy, Never mind. 